What's up guys, welcome to episode 32 of the Coffee Club Pod. No longer in our kitchen anymore, boys. We've uh, we've made it. We're here at Penn Relays at Franklin Field. It's honestly kind of surreal for us to take it in. I think, you know, I, I, we definitely didn't expect to have this set up and have this, be doing this show in this environment. So it's very cool, very exciting. And obviously to start off a big shout out to Penn Relays and to On for bringing us out here and giving us this whole experience. Highly recommend that you watch this episode on YouTube rather than just listening to the audio because it is absolute madness out here. We're going to do the best <laughs> that we can to stay on topic, stay engaged. But the amount of stimulus that is going on around me is, I don't, I don't know if I had ADHD before this, but I definitely do right now because it's just so much happening. We're here. It's Thursday of the pen Relays, which is the first day, which means that I think right now we're experiencing 27 heats of the women's 4x4. <laughs> 27 heats. I think it's just the high school girls 4x4, in fact, yep. and it's just crazy. So, all, like, the kids are in the stadium just cheering. There's, we just had a... I think we had the Masters 4x1 before, and it was madness. DQ. It was, yeah. There was a DQ in the, in the Masters. There was a DQ. A pulled hamstring. At least one pulled hamstring. hamstring. <laughs> Probably multiple. The crowd was so invested. It was amazing. When It was actually hilarious when someone got DQ'd one of the teams. The whole, the whole stands were just booing. The crowd really gets involved here, and it's just like you can feed off that energy so well. <laughs> so it is a crazy experience, but haven't even mentioned our guest today. We have <laughs> too much happening. We have Olin Hacker. Olin, how Hi. you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Well, thank you. <laughs> how do we even introduce Olin? Okay, so we got Olin Hacker here. Um, if uh, people have been living under a rock, they probably would have to we have to describe Olin a little bit. He is a Wisconsin Badger. He was our teammate. What, what year are you in? Um, 10th year? 12th year? So I'm a senior. Um, You're a senior? A, that's what you're telling people? I've, I've had uh, four senior years though. Yeah. Four senior years. So that's that's a lot of senior years there. Taking it? taking super senior uh, very seriously. I, I think, you know, this year with COVID, there's a lot of sixth years, um, but I'm one of the few seventh years. Seventh year. Seventh year. Can, so, we, just, can we just get this out of the way? Is that hashtag good for the sport? I mean, senior. if I'm following Owen, I think it's hashtag good for the sport. Yeah. Good I love for seeing my Owen. sport, at least. Yeah. Really I love seeing good. you go through it. And uh, I mean, yeah, Morgan and I were teammates and with more, uh, with with Owen. And it's pretty exciting to see him still in college. <laughs> yeah. Still racing away. How with, many degrees uh, do you have? Uh, I've got an undergrad and then I'm finishing a graduate degree. So really not as many as I probably should. Like, I'm just having my master's, not my PhD. I, I should have my PhD, but... Oh, well. Fine. You guys are eighth year. Yeah. Yeah. Also, for those scoring at home, um, I was a freshman when we were recruiting Ollie. So I am a grade ahead of Ollie. Yeah. It's so but weird to think about. Ollie is one month older than one me. One month so. older than Owen. So that, that's how you worked that out. Yeah. Yeah. For context, Ollie and I are two years apart in school, and Owen... No, one year. Fills the gap. Well, in yeah, school, you know, in you know, school, yeah, yeah, yeah. two years apart, and yeah. Olin slides in the middle right there. So mm -hmm. we have all spent a lot of time together. So I must be Olin's year. Yeah. Because I'm in that. I'm in that middle year too. Okay, yeah. I'm. I feel like I've been out of college forever. <laughs> <laughs> you can't imagine still being there, but, but looking at him right now, he's killing it. And that's the thing with Olin. So for more context about his running, Olin extremely talented as a high schooler, second at both Foot Locker and XN, the double back to back. You don't see that too often. And then Olin came to Wisconsin, obviously extremely talented, but definitely had a few years of injury. 
yep. and it's obviously not easy to go through that. And you know, that's why when you look at him running as a seventh year, it is actually pretty amazing to see as his friend and a previous teammate because this year Olin is really getting it together. You've just, I mean, essentially you've just been able to be healthy for two years now. Yeah. Two years, and the results are showing. Last week you ran was it 13:19 for the 5K at Oregon, and you cr absolutely crushed the field. I don't know. I think you're in low 13 teen shape at least. I'd I'd like to think I'm a 13 12. 0.49 shape, but <laughs> we'll see. That, that's a nice number, but yeah, like so number. Owen is just crushing it, and he's, he's running amazing, and it is very nice to see that as his friend and teammate, so yeah, good job, Owen. Appreciate but that. The first thing that we wanted to talk about today is the Oregon Relays, because, <laughs> we're, I mean, we're at Penn, but we're going to talk about the Oregon Relays. Yeah, I mean, it was, just, it was just such a big story in the running world for a variety of reasons. Obviously... The Oregon boys went off to the four-by-mile world record, world best. You know, it's kind of annoying, this whole world record versus world best thing. I think we just say world record and we just say screw it. I don't know what the world best thing is about because if you have a record and it's the best in the world, yeah, regardless of nation. Do you guys know the difference? Yeah. Well, yeah, but, but I don't know I, why I, I don't. Need that. It's just semantics. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's just a bit annoying. I thought you were calling us idiots, No, no, I don't know no. the difference. <laughs> no, no. Wait, wait, honestly, I just find it a bit annoying because, like, it's a, it's, it's a record. So, so the difference for Olin, so uh, for a relay record to count as a world record, they all have to be from the same country. Oh, okay. And it's a best if they're not from the same country. And then there's also another layer to it where it has to be a certain official event for it to be a record and not a best. Because, for example, I don't think there's like a 20K world record. I think there's a 20K world best. I might be making that one up, but the first part about them having <laughs> to be from the same country true. is definitely true. It could be completely <laughs> false, but we're, we're pretty sure about it. But that. it's one of those things where, you know, we're out here to change the sport. Can we just get rid of the term world best and just call if If it's the fastest four-person four relay that's ever been run together, that's a world record. Just because they're not from the same country, who cares? I think it's more impressive like, to have all these different countries... Like nations, under yeah. One yeah. relay running, of, like I, I think it's sick. So world record sounds better. I remember I though. Like I remember they were making a big deal about that a few years ago, with USC's yeah. indoor like four by four team, and they thought they had broken the world record, and then like later they'd been told that it actually hadn't counted or something. Because it definitely comes from kind of uh, outdated way of the sport in a way, because it's. At one point, there was these country teams going together. But now, if you think about what we feel like we represent, you know, USC running with the USC teammates, that's the most amazing thing for them. Uh, yeah. For us, running with our own teammates, that's the most amazing thing for us. Like, we want to run world records with the people that we train with every single day. So, it's just the way it should be. So, if uh, Seb Co is listening, just a little... <laughs> I mean, he's definitely listening. He listens to the pod every week. As an avid listener <laughs> that avid we listener. know he is. Just a little shout-out. Just a little you know, shout-out. Let's, let's get Sammy, in the rule can we book. change it? Let's cross out, get the pencil, get the pen out, actually. Get it changed. Write that in the rule book. But, yeah, so the Oregon boys narrowly missed the record. I kind of remember what time they okay, ran. Okay, three exactly. seconds is a narrowly. They're, they ran 52. No, I mean, they ran 52, but I think the record's like 49.9. Okay. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so also, two I might have made that up. It was, I think it was it the second fastest time ever. Yeah, it was the second, second fastest. Second There's only three time. times ever to break 16 minutes, I think. Really? Yeah, yeah. that's pretty impressive. That and, is and pretty crazy. And a New Zealand team. Yeah, the New Zealand team had the world record before the Irish team. We missed the quacks? Was it with, uh, was that with Quaxi or? I honestly have no clue. I we think should, that was we like should 1983, that. and then the Irish 
that sounds bros right. broke it in 85 yeah and it still stands as you can tell day. we did our research on this quite a bit <laughs> um and we we know the facts but yeah so it's th uh, third to go on third time to go under 16 you said yeah and then second all time pretty impressive pretty amazing um we can go through the legs a bit uh we had a fellow uh member of that relay Matt Weinzer running 59, pretty good start. I Matt, Matt Wisner is technically Coffee Club Track Club. Yeah, he so he kind show. of is, is similar to, like, he comes, comes with us, right? Like, he's he's kind of our, that's our You're gonna claim contribution to... Anyone claim who's ever been on is, okay, a, is, is an honorary a, member. So you are now an honorary member of Coffee Club, CC. So. Yeah, is there anything to sign or... Like, we'll get back to you on that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Contract <laughs> negotiations. Yeah, we, we, uh, we're going to take time to go that. that later, got it. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we need to spend too much time on the legs. Pretty much, Matt ran 359, Nine, I want to say. Which I thought was pretty awesome. James West was at 401 or 403. 401 high, and, and then Cole, Cole Hawker, 357. 357, and then Cooper ran 353 solo, which is pretty ridiculous. It probably the most impressive bloody impressive leg I've ever seen. Really? <laughs> it's a big call. No, it is. Wow. Dude, it is. I, I, was, I was thinking about it the other day. I think it's the most impressive leg I've seen in a distance medley relay. All right, well, did that's going to make Cooper very watch happy. It? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course I watch it. Dude, was the, amount, on, the oh. amount of shit I talked about that relay, of course <laughs> I'm going to watch it. It was on Runner Space or some random thing. Yeah, like, my mum has a Runner Space account. Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, but anyway, so they narrowly missed it, but I wanted to more talk about all the stuff surrounding it rather than. Oh, to, like, so break the, the it media. Down. We're talking about the media. Yeah, because yeah. there was a lot of. So we we talking about this. Olin, I'm sure, have you ever seen the. Well, we already said in this show, but good for the sport. And we don't we didn't come up with that, but we definitely we definitely made it popular. popularized it. And so now a lot of the people out on the internet are throwing out good for the sport, not good for the sport, bad for the sport. Just, just willy nilly, just <laughs> all the time. <laughs> just throwing this out. So it's, it's like reckless. Yeah, well the thing is we feel like because we can't tell if it's associated with us now or if it's not because it was kind of crazy. We didn't really expect it, but Cole and I mean Cooper rather and some of the other people involved in the Oregon team got definitely a bit annoyed because they were copying some some shit for for the not yeah, for did. not coming to race here and we felt kind of bad about that because as we we tried to make this clear last time it's nothing personal against the athletes we're very understanding of the decisions they made like why they were doing that record like the attempt there and all that like it made sense it was more... I mean, we, we said I said I loved them like three times when I was trying to explain <laughs> well, my rant. Here's what I have I, to say about it. Oregon is a closer flight for you guys than here. And it was perfect weather there and it's windy as hell here. <laughs> right, we're getting pulled out. Owen. Owen. That's not the point. Stop. That's not the point, right. Owen. Okay. I love how Ollie tries to justify talking shit by <laughs> saying that he loves the person. Okay. Right before. I love him. He's my it's brother. I was, you obviously don't listen to my rant because I was not having a go at the boys. I said I loved them. I was having a go at that Twitter. Yeah. That Twitter remark no, is right, the thing that set it off. And then I think right. the guy, and you actually showed me this post, and I'm very grateful for you for sending it to me. The guy that, ran that runs that Twitter posted on Instagram about the whole situation. And I thought he had a good, like, it was a good response. It was not bad. Uh, it was, it's I still disagree bad. with it. It was missing the mark. It was missing the mark but. on what we were talking about, but it was a good, it was a good, like a good response to what was going on. And I think, yeah, we kind of felt a bit, a bit, I don't know, we didn't want to cause that much drama. I don't think. No, I, the athletes were more I, about the system of like we want to race. The thing is, it's you kind of want to assign blame for stuff, and you don't want to assign it to the athletes, especially we don't want to make them feel stressed before a race. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's really easy to assign blame to 
companies and the people in power because they're kind of faceless entities. And I think that's where it ends up going at the end of the day, but it doesn't feel as fun as like blaming an individual person, I want to say, <laughs> in, a, in a weird way, because it's not, it's, you're not going to get anything back from it. No response. But definitely the Oregon Twitter social media guy, I think his name is something Parker, he took it pretty personally. Yeah. And then he had this essay, Instagram caption response. And what he said was, was very valid. You should go read it. His first line of it, though, was, does this look like bad for the sport to you? And so I want to put out a challenge to all our listeners. I think that's a really good potential meme format. Oh, 100%. <laughs> you, you, just put out, you just put up a random picture of something to do with track and field. <laughs> does this look like bad for the sport to you? Because <laughs> I just found that hilarious. Not to make a joke yeah. out of the situation. Actually, I am making yeah, a joke. Yeah, you are making a joke out of the situation. But it is a good point. Like, yeah. I think reading that essay, it was nice to read about like the looking after the athlete in the sense of like what we're, think, what we're trying to do because the athlete is a pivotal part of the sport yeah. and, it, and then the media is always going to target the athlete with what's going on results not doing things not doing things and I just think yeah the, the only thing we had against it was it wasn't hitting our point I think of what we were talking about yeah it's some kind of summary is that obviously that event was going to be a success and yeah. was going to be cool like you've got four guys that train together live in Eugene going to their home track in front of their friends lining the track obviously that's going to be cool and we were never saying that that in itself was going to be bad for the sport it was the fact that about three days beforehand on twitter like the guys talking about how they put out the challenge yeah put out the challenge to pro teams and for some reason they hadn't had any responses like that's what we're making fun of not obviously the event was sweet yeah well like the main thing that he said in his Instagram caption was that it shouldn't fall on the athletes to do this media and promotional work for the sport, which is a really good point. We have obviously we're here doing this podcast, so we're, we're still trying to we're still trying to do what we can for the sport. But I 100% agree with him. Like when you compare it to other sports, they got these full media teams taking care of this stuff. Like it shouldn't be on us. Maybe to it make shouldn't this fall on us, but when the opportunity's there, and and Cooper and Cole do really well themselves yeah. in promoting themselves in the sport. Yeah. It doesn't mean the athletes can't do that, but yeah, it shouldn't be like forced 100%. on them. 100%. And the thing with the dis, like, there's a bit of disconnect there, I felt. Like, I think sometimes you want to get the athletes involved if they want to be involved and then give them like that kind of, particularly with the Twitter, I feel like the, that was a bit of a disconnect there. There definitely was. Like, I was pretending like he'd never heard of the people. Because I know, yeah, I know for a fact that they, Cooper and Cole and Matt and James West would have known about Penn. They would have known about us trying to get teams there. So I think that disconnect is probably an issue that led to a lot of that. Yeah, I don't think any of them would have tweeted that. I think it no. was the Oregon track and field yeah. page that would tweet that because it's the Oregon track and field page. But this, another thing that it did make me think of, we talk about beefs or whatever you want to call it in the sport. Isn't it annoying? Because this actually would have been a really good chance to make a beef, but then we keep being pussies about it and just saying, oh, we really love them. We keep falling back in the cycle of track and field yeah, because Ollie, everyone is too fucking nice. I thought, Ollie, this was going to be a real beef started here. Well, I mean, to be honest, looking, watching the relay and stuff, besides Cooper's leg, it's pretty, un pretty unimpressed about their attempt. So you're trying to start a beef with one of the other there's, athletes? There's no, beef. I'm just saying that like they, they had all this hype and this talk and it, and it seemed like people thought they were going to walk it in and they didn't. It's pretty freaking hard to run that time and I think I don't know, it just it just wasn't, uh, Cooper's, Cooper's leg was very impressive but I know Cole's a better athlete than 357. 
I know Jim's West is a better athlete than 401 high. Are you going for a world best attempt? It just seemed a bit. You definitely crazy. learn watching that that it's it's, it's a, it looks hard. a lot easier. It looks a lot easier on paper. Yeah. Than it is when you're actually out there. It's only like the record is you average 357.5 and it's in the bag. And that sounds doable. But then actually going out there and doing it. Well, I think to the uh, the team that got the record. Their PR average was like 350, 351. Like, I think they had all run about that. Yeah. And so for them to all then go run 357, it's like, yeah, you need a little bit of a cushion to... That certainly tells you something about it. I think the reality of running 357 in a nice paced race compared to 357 solo is very different, but... With a baton and yeah. on your own. <laughs> yeah, changeover. Like, you could, like, yeah. scrub the changeovers a couple seconds. You know? Yeah. Have, so, you, have you been practicing your changeovers? Um, in the mirror, yeah. <laughs> I gotta make sure I look good when I do that changeover, you know? I, I don't about. know what that means. You guys but... don't have to worry about that. You guys don't have to worry about that, but I do, so. Most of Ollie's pre race preparation takes place in front of the mirror. <laughs> front of the mirror. So, you better hear first, guys. Yeah. So, actually, though, this is a nice segue into now what we're doing here at Penn. We posted about it on our Instagram. So, obviously, everyone knows that the OAC is having a team going for this four by mile world record. And we've been wanting to go for it for a long time. The realities of, you know, we're a small team. The realities of getting four guys that are healthy on the line together was always going to be a challenge. And unfortunately, George and I are both not racing now. And the team is going to be Ollie, Joe, and then we're bringing in Tom Elmer from OAC Europe and Ben Flanagan, member of Coffee Club Track Club. Very nice and, track and club. very nice track club. But sponsored by On. He's Canadian. He's coming in as well. So it's still an On team. Obviously, we would have loved for it to be just all the OAC people, but didn't happen like that. I think, just so everyone knows what's going on with us, for me personally, I think if you'd been listening to the to the show, I don't know if I actually said it, but I think people knew I wasn't going to race for a long time. I mean, I think when I had my interview with Flowtrack, they, they knew you weren't going to race, and they were saying who's going to fill that spot. So I think people are pretty aware because we're pretty open about that sort of stuff. Yeah, um, I, I think if... I was coming back from injury pretty nicely, and I think I would have maybe raced if things had gone perfect there, but then I got hit by COVID pretty hard a month ago, and I'm still dealing with it a bit now. So there was just, once that happened, it was like, okay, unfortunately not gonna be able to race. George is a little bit different. Do you wanna go through what you're dealing with right now, George? Yeah, nothing, nothing too seriously. Don't want anyone to worry, uh, but just I wasn't worried. You went. <laughs> I I am a little I'm worried. worried, but not anymore. Nah, I'm worried. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, last uh, last week, ten days ago, um, just started to get a bit of tightness in my in the front of my hip, and not sure if maybe I ran through it for a couple more days than I should have, uh, but ended up straining my hip flexor. Um, actually, my sartorius, I think it's called, muscle kind of hip flexor on the inside of your thigh, and. It's pretty minor. The, I got an ultrasound on it um, just to confirm whether or not racing was going to be a good idea or not. Um, but doctor's orders are something along the lines of not sprinting for one or two weeks. So I'm already back easy running and I can jog pretty comfortably. Uh, but getting down to, to mile you know race pace um with a with a hip flexor strain is is probably just not not the best idea uh a few weeks out from 
from Diamond Leagues and, and some big races. Some big dogs, some month. big dogs, some heavy hitters. Which, some heavy hitters, you're right. <laughs> heavy hitters out there. And I mean, yeah, I mean, me and Morgan have been lubing it up, we've been, we've been rubbing it down, but we just couldn't, we really couldn't. <laughs> did everything we could. Yeah, we just really couldn't. Trust just, me, we, we tried we, everything. We, we were praying for a miracle, but yeah, we're, we're glad to hear it wasn't too serious and George is able to run a little bit and he'll be ready for those big heavy hitter races, but um, Unfortunately, the lubing up and the massaging, Morgan and I just couldn't uh, couldn't master it. But we're glad it wasn't too serious. Yeah, he'll he'll be back in no time. But don't you worry. So obviously we have we have a different team now, but still, so it's gonna be more difficult. Yeah, for us oh, to get the time. 100%. In saying that, I don't know if I'm a huge loss. If anyone's if anyone's watched me race, textbook George does not include does not include running okay, well, from so the front. I was thinking about I was thinking mile. about if you were on it, what like you have to put you on the first leg because as long as the first leg goes fast, you'll be a bit back and then you'll kick him down. You'll get run what you need to run. True. But if well, you put the route you're on your own, I don't know what you're gonna do. If I'm out front, I'm I'm probably running 405 anyway. <laughs> so I honestly don't think I'm a big loss to the team. So oh, you are, George. Don't say that. Don't say that. I'm, I'm confident that. in my replacement, of young, young Flanagan. Yeah, he's, he's probably, probably a solid pick. Um, yeah, we, we don't know exactly what the order is going to be right now. On paper, they said that it was going to be Flanagan, Klecker, Tom Elner, and then Ollie. It might change. I think potentially the switch would be Joe Klecker and Tom Elmer. But either way, which is just a little rundown of what form we think everyone's in. Ben Flanagan coming off 344 or 45. 45, I think. He outkicked Cobb Salad Kessler, bro. So, so actually, it's like a 334 if you convert it. Yeah, if you convert the guy he beat, 334. By the translator property, he's in 334 shape. Yeah, and then Tom Elner, we believe his PB is 336, 337 range, but he did say he's very fit right now, so I'll probably give him 334 as well. <laughs> you could also take just by transfer. You could also take a couple of seconds off just because he's the most beautiful human, human being, being we've ever seen. seen. So 331, wow. we'd say. Very attractive. I think that's worth a couple of seconds. Yeah, I surely. Agree. And then Joe Klecker. It's going to be interesting to see what Joe Klecker can do because I think he will do a really good job at going out there and putting in an honest effort like solo. Yeah, 100%. And he would be able to run definitely under a 355 mile. I would say in a race setting. In a race. I would so say so. Be if he's on fire, maybe a little quicker, honestly. Yeah. He's on fire, Is this yeah, with or without an altitude conversion? It's a sea level, man. When you focus <laughs> at sea level, anything's possible. Dude, he was in the altitude tent last night. <laughs> so does he get a conversion then? I think he does. I think he does. Okay. Yeah, he does. Got it. Anything he runs here is converted to sea level. <laughs> okay. right. That's and, nice. and then we have Ollie. And Ollie has been, I don't want to say Ollie's been on one, but he's been telling everyone, <laughs> You know, I'm ready to go. I'll, I'll run whatever I need to run to get this record. But how quick does that really mean? Ollie, do you, if you get the baton at 12 minutes, can you do it? Imagine, imagine, okay. Yes. But yes. Imagine, dude, imagine, okay, imagine if you ran the world best slash world record, whatever the freaking hell you want to call it, and you ran a world record in the mile split. So Ollie's saying he will potentially run 3.43. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're hearing. No, you, I you mean, like, here first, folks. obviously... People know that I talk a lot of smack, uh, and they should hold me accountable on my leg to, uh, tomorrow. But I think I'm in really good shape. I'm probably in the best shape I've ever been um, this time of year. So I'm really excited, and I'm going to try and put in the best effort I can for the team, whether that's a 355 or 352 or 350 or 348, whatever it is. I'm going to try and do the best I can for it, and you'll see me putting 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 uh, words into context. 
<laughs> tomorrow. Yeah. Are, are you gonna be doing? Are you gonna be doing the mats while you're running? Remember no. we had that, that chat about his uh, his splits yeah. when he's got a pacer. Yeah. Well, he's it's gonna it? be hard because well, the clock's know. gonna look weird anyway, and I'm not great at math anyway. So <laughs> he's just gonna go all out. I'm probably just gonna run through, and Rich is gonna tell me you're on it, you're off it, keep going, you're an idiot, slow down. We'll figure it out. But I'm I'm, I'm excited and confident that I can hopefully pull out a good last leg for the boys. Yeah, so that's the team. The competition, we know of two other major teams, Team Ireland, who have a couple of really good athletes, and then also Empire Track Club. Is that what they're called, Empire Track Club? I think so, yeah. I think they call it Empire. They obviously have a bunch of amazing athletes as well, so that's going to be the competition. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. The other factor to probably mention is the wind. I'm not sure if it's picked up on the mics, but I'm sure if you're watching the video, you can tell it's pretty windy in here. And based on our previous experiences at Penn, it's not known for the best weather. <laughs> we'll get into it in a, in a bit, but I guess we may as well just get into it now. <laughs> well, I just want to say, I'm, I'm stoked that there is an Irish team in the race. Yeah. Like, basically defending their world record, as they should. Like that's and they have two, at least two 353 milers in the team. Yeah, they, they kind of slept like, on Andrew, a bit. Koskarin and McCann, I think the names are. They both ran 253 at Staten Island. I don't know who the other guys are. Yeah, it's just I weird that we don't know who they are. Yeah, but they're coming to defend their world record, and that's pretty sweet. What do you think if they thought the world record was going to get broken, so then they like pushed over one of us or something? <laughs> are you allowed to defend the world record like that? <laughs> I mean, you would be able to defend it. You get DQ'd, but you'd be I mean, able to defend it. Do you th I mean, yeah. it would work. Yeah. Probably not good for the sport, though. Probably the hashtag. Actually, no. I think it would be good for the sport. Get more people involved. Yeah, people would definitely at talk about that one. More media. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, that's. I, it'll be an exciting race. We'll be out here. George and I will be cheering on with all our might. We'll be. It'll be weird because yeah, it's not a lot of teams. I don't think. Obviously, yeah, it would be amazing to have the Oregon guys here have it being a really good race. But yeah, looking back through the history books, I think that is the reality of these four by mile records. And while it is so, why it is so hard is it is always going to be a solo effort. So just what, the reality. What is the way to to make a four by mile happen every year where you actually can get all the best teams trying to run just force people team. to run it put in your contracts yeah. make, it con make, it, make it contract obligation honestly I think I, I spoke about this on a few runs and uh, people can disagree with me or whatever I think it needs to be a completely separate just one time like one meet whether it's panel or a meet that's just not sponsored by any other shoe brand just like a big meet that you could put all these athletes in because you can imagine the fan engagement if you had four of the best distance runners for like a big pro team out of me it'd be incredible like the fan engagement everyone would have all their teams and the rivalries would be there just a way to get people there i don't know if it's financial or if it's it's got to be some sort of heritage like penn has i don't well, the crazy know, thing with this is what you just said is this meet has both those things. This, it does, this but it, meet has a, it has a sponsor that people don't want to maybe support. No, I don't think that's it. I'm well, gonna Toyota? That. What, what do you got against Toyota? Yeah. <laughs> I don't drive a Toyota. You know I don't drive a Toyota. <laughs> no, it's funny you say that because I think Penn Relays does have the heritage of Penn. I think you can take that box. But in college and high school, not in professional and then, running. And then... You know, we're talking professional. Well, it used here. to. It used to. It used to have the world. It used to have bring in countries, and it would be like USA versus the world. It does have some pretty cool stuff. Why doesn't it do that anymore? Good question. Usain Bolt ran. Yeah. A few years yeah. Ago. Imagine that. Like the stadiums are packed. Like why don't yeah. they do that anymore? But then on the other side, it does also have the financial side because uh, something we haven't talked about is there is actually a lot of prize money in this race tomorrow. Yeah. I th it's 15k for whatever team that wins. So people throw money like that into a race, and I think you expect oh everyone's going to come. 
do it. But to me, this time of year, like the timing of this race, unfortunately for pros specifically, it's hard because they don't want to run a four-way mile. They want to either get the USA times, the world times, or just get ready for USAs or whatever it is. I think if this meet existed post-world champs, I think it would be a different reception. But I do agree with you that if there was a way to force all the best teams to force. come compete here. Well, that's the problem though. Like if you pushed it back after Worlds, how would that affect the high school and the college racing? Well, we don't really care about that in the context <laughs> of this discussion. Well, I'm, just, I'm just thinking of like... You, that's, you that's were the problem. one saying it where you wanted it to be separate. No, it is, but it's also that's a problem there as well, right? Because Penn is all about the high school and college as well as trying to put pros in it. So it yeah, is. well, we're just it's talking just a about... Situation. We're talking about a hypothetical pro relay meet. We're calling it Coffee Club Relays? Yeah, I think so. We're going to sponsor it. We're going to create it. We have no affiliation. Just trademark on that. That's the prize. If you win the relay, you get a high five from Gus. Yeah, so... You should just get Gus. You just get Gus for a week. Yeah, Dude, I think a lot of teams would race for that prize. That'd be pretty sweet. That'd be pretty cool. But we should also... Owen, what the heck are you racing this week? I'm racing the DMR and the 4 by mile Double double bubble. Which is... Ollie and I did that in 2019. It is last pretty time. Yeah, it is pretty cool. So the three of us Wisconsin boys, unfortunately, NAU didn't make it out here. Yeah, NA, <laughs> NAU had some Mike Smith training to do. And <laughs> but it was the last time that Penn Relays was held. It's the 125th anniversary, and today is the, oh, yeah, today is the 126th time that's been held. So we were here the last time it was, it was held, and it was freaking sweet um, with just what the Wisconsin boys are racing this week. You guys are going to have some tough competition, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in the in the DMR, there's, I think Ole Miss is going to be really good. Um, there's a lot of teams. In the, I can't think of them, honestly. Just a bunch <laughs> of good teams. I looked at it. I swear I looked at it. Yeah. But is, is Indiana in it? Indiana is in it. I saw I, Indiana. I'm getting them confused. Indiana's in, either in the... They might be in both. I feel like I'm getting the, what teams are in which. Because there's, there's two of them, and they could yeah. be like... yeah. And then you know all the East Coast schools are always yeah. here because oh, this no, is like their happen. nationals. For yeah, anyone, I think like yeah, Georgetown, yeah. Villanova, Villanova, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how big of a deal this meet is for the East Coast. It's it's just like it's just like their biggest thing of the year, which is kind of cool. It's fun, but yeah, we should uh, we should visit memory lane a little bit and take us back to 2019, which was dude, that was a good time. That was my last year of college. It was our first time going to Penn in 103 years for Wisconsin. We had been asking Mick Byrne, our coach at Wisconsin, to take us to Penn the whole time. And he kept taking us to Drake or like other Arkansas. stuff. Arkansas. 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 And we're just like, what are we doing, Mick? We want to go to Penn. And then finally, the stars aligned. And we had a couple of really good teams. And we got to come here. Ollie and I did both the DMR 4 by mile double, which Owen is doing this weekend. And man, it was a lot of fun. It was... It was craziness. Let's just go through it because the Friday was the DMR and then Saturday is the four by mile. Uh, we Oli and I were Oli did the sixteen hundred of the DMR. I did the twelve hundred, and that was a crazy day because. So it is a ridiculous meet because of all the high school and college events. There's a billion people here racing. It's just chaos. And then on that day as well, it was a storm. So there was already delays earlier in the day. Like we we knew that it was running an hour behind or something and we get here we warm up we do all of that and then we're in the i think it's called the bullpen is that what it's called there's a section which is right before you go on the track which is just like the most highest stress tension but like excitement like in a really good way 
We're gonna call it the bullpen. I don't know if that's actually that's what a cool it's name. I like it. it sounds good. It's bullpen. Sounds dope. And then lightning strikes, and we Ooh. have to, <laughs> lightning. <laughs> lightning lit strikes the bullpen. <laughs> Literal lightning. So they had to, they had to suspend the meet, and we had to go under the stadium and just sit there. So picture this. We're about to go and race against all these people, and then two minutes later, we're just sitting down next to them, just chilling. Just we have no idea how long it's going to take before we can get out, and we're just vibing. twiddling our thumbs. We're vibing. Mick kept trying to feed me muesli bars. I'm like, mate, I'm racing in two hours, and you're stuffing my face full of muesli bars. He said, oh, you look hungry, and he would give out food and stuff. I was like, dude, we're about to race like any at any moment because we didn't know because like we're trying to wait for the storm to pass. Yeah, it was, it was really fun because I think for us Wisconsin boys. And really, it's always like this. There's less stress with them because it's a team event. It's definitely more fun, like the vibe you get from it. Yeah, Yeah, it's just a good time. And so yeah. we were just chilling out, just taking it all in. And then we're under there for, I don't know, 90 minutes, two hours. And then they're like, all right, guys, uh, we got the all clear. You guys are going to be racing in 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. so. It was pretty crazy. And like, I guess that vibe you get with like your team just running and be like, I'm sure that's what you feel every day at NAU, eh? With the team, like the culture. And you get that every day. So you don't need to go pen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, take that in. You, guys, that in you guys have really good take team that vibes. I why we don't come to this. That I don't know. That would be so good right now. In the I was going to say, yeah, and you would be pretty, uh, pretty, pretty lethal. I said four guys run 36, 37, 37, 39. That's pretty dirty. But... That's some heavy hitter shit. That they is get, really they, they, got, they got triple threshold to run this weekend instead. Triple threshold. Getting ready for a big <laughs> race they, next when week. They, when are they moving up to quadruple threshold? When's that happening? Can Mike let us know, or is he going to give us some sort of like elusive little quote, quote that uh, we'll, we'll know that oh they're up to they're up to quadruple when they threshold. when they all start breaking 13 minutes in the 5k you know yeah that's that what I know that's what quadruple know. threshold ah Mike you done it again buddy you done it again how did you do it but yeah so we get out we do a couple of strides like a little bit of jogging drills but honestly with the excitement you're ready to go I don't even I don't feel like I needed to warm up much more I was running the 1200. I remember this distinctly because I had no plan going into the race and I got out slow the first 400 and I was far back and then on the back stretch, so 500 meters in, I made a move to try position better. So trying to go pretty much all the way from the back to the front. But once I started making the move, I was like, I don't want to slow down and like sit in. I want to just keep increasing the pace because it had gone out at a conservative pace. And so I was kind of like sprinting. And I remember this. I, I was, was like, what the hell is he doing? I was kind of sprinting and I kind of dropped everyone. And then I was like, shit, I didn't mean to do that. And then there's like 600 meters left. And I'm just like all out for the rest of the 600 meters. And I was dying really hard on the last lap. I think I still handed it off in front. But it was like, I was like, I'm not a 1200 meter runner. Like this was terrible. This was a terrible experience. But that was a very exciting race because that was stacked. Notre Dame was in there. And so we got the heralded... Oli Hall versus Yared Nagus matchup in the end. And I don't remember exactly how it played out, but I do remember that Oli won. Well, I do remember that I got out leaned in pretty much every DMR race at, at uh, Notre Dame by Yared. And I, I had some angst, I had some fuel, I had some self hatred there, just hit piling up. And it was piling up for two hours. So if you're slow cooking that, in the, pressure, in the pressure pot of under the stadium, it's going to deliver some good tasting juices of just complete carnage. And I went after it, and it was pretty sick because I think the last, uh, it was kind of conservative too because I took the lead and then we slowed down. And then about 400 meters to go, I just started to wind it up. And I think I just got a bit of a um, bit of a start on, on Yarrod and I just held it. And I was able to come through and, and deliver us the dub. Morgan picked me up. 
I remember crossing the line and all of a sudden I was off the ground. That was a lot of excitement. A lot of excitement. And that was like our first experience at Penn. It was pretty crazy. Like, it was, I was like, this is what we've been missing our entire like college career was just doing something like this because it was just a great vibe. Yeah, you can go on Instagram and see the pictures of it. But we had Corbin, Corbin Ellis and Eric Brown, and Eric Brown with us, two of our Wisconsin teammates. And we were just all so hyped. We went and picked all up. We were just cheering, just having a great time. And yeah, Penn is a meet that has a crowd that is, you know, it's really big when on like the Friday, the Saturday, and they're very into it. Like they're very vocal. So they were just absolutely loving it. So it was, oh, they went after it, yeah. It was so fun. And then we got the wheel did all that cool stuff and yeah i don't really remember what else happened but that was freaking sweet and then so we were feeling pretty good i think going into the four by mile the next day i think it was similarly stacked in terms of the teams that were competing in it we had i can't remember who it was but did you go first leg in that one i went third leg third i was leg. first leg so yeah how to go for you all and well, i don't even remember it was like insanely windy and i w i was just coming off something of an injury so like i had no idea where i was and i just i just basically knew with ollie and morgan on the last two legs i just had to keep it close our other teammate zach benning steeplechase specialist and mullet specialist we just we just had to give it to them where they could they could bring it home wait you want to know something that zach benning told me just recently three years later he told me what mick said to you two before the race what did he say? I don't remember. He told me that you guys did a stride, and then he came up to you two and was like, all right, you guys got the best two milers in the country running your third and fourth, so just don't fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, that sounds familiar. That's hilarious. <laughs> but and, and, you know, I think then Benning and I, we both went out and ran uh, 4.11, <laughs> but we didn't fuck it up. <laughs> so when Ollie got the baton, you were back a little bit. Yeah, I don't know how far, bit, yeah. but it was, it was a decent amount, and, like, again... Running on angst, was able to get up to the Indiana guy because I wanted to make sure that, I mean, Veach at this point, Veach and Morgan, it was going to be a pretty good battle if it was close and like a bit tactical because the wind was just putting all the time. Do you, out the do you remember what you split? I, I thought it was 403. But For some I, reason, I thought it was like 406 or 407, but I might I be wrong on that. Okay. Yeah. I think I ran 403, but I'm not sure. Well, the thing is, so we, we ran 1639. So unless your leg was really, really slow. I uh, my leg was down. slow. It was the last hundred where well, you can go through it, but like I, my whole goal was just to get close to the Indiana guy. I got to him and I think I did the dumbest thing possible in a relay. I went past him just at the front and Morgan's looking at me like, what the hell are you doing? I want to be off beach, not in front of him. And I gave him the baton like a little bit ahead of beach and Morgan knew exactly what to do, which I, I don't know. You say that, but I had no fucking idea what I was doing in reality. <laughs> it looked like you did, knew what you were doing. I just went out at a medium pace. I think definitely not quick. And Veach did go around me at some point. And then it was one of those races where you think it's going to go at 400 to go, but it doesn't. And then you think it's going to go at 300 to go, and it still doesn't. And so we're still jogging. And then with 200 to go, it started ripping. And there's a good video of it on my Instagram of the last 150 or whatever. And... The last 100, it was just complete all-out sprint. Ben Veach is a pretty quick sprinter. Yeah. I'm not, like, the quickest sprinter in the world. I have a good kick, but pure sprint speed is... I'm not, like, better than other people. So it was a real lean at the line to get the win. That and photo is legendary. Morgan's just, like, leaning in front, like, like a Naruto character. Just going... <laughs> like this, like his face. Like that. It was awesome. Yeah. And then what'd you do with the baton? Stuck it up my butt. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, there was a, it was a 125th anniversary of Penn. 
and we saw the baton and like they're very very strict about them here yeah well, as soon as you finish they take it back i'm gonna i'm gonna steal it i'm gonna take it yeah so as soon as okay this was another cool one which you have to see the video of because once i finished i kept running for like 50 meters i pulled a george beamish and i kept running around the 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 the, the bend and you can see on the video that I grabbed the baton and I put it in the back of my shorts and I put my singlet over it so that we could steal it. Yeah, I, you really think you big brained it by running away, but then it just put the camera on your back and it was a perfect view. <laughs> just doing it. Back, it was the perfect angle, but man, that's my favorite souvenir that I ever had because then after it, took it home and everyone on the team from both the DMR and the Mile signed it. And I have it in my room right now, and it makes me happy. It's pretty sick for Tana. It, it as well. made it on the Coffee Club Instagram yesterday, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, it did. It went up on now our you're story. You're I mean, it's been, it's been two years. Yeah, they couldn't. I don't even know if I'm allowed to be here. <laughs> I might get arrested. Well, after this, yeah, I'd be surprised. Security just comes around and just picks you up. But yeah, so that was a lot of memory lane walking. It was an amazing trip. Like, Trips like that are what you really remember in college. I think, you know, going to California and running quick time is obviously, you know, that's amazing as well. Nothing taken away from that, but the amount of the specialness that you get from a relay, the team, all that, and just the history of a meet like this, it was pretty hard to. Totally. Best of both worlds, I reckon. Yeah. One more memory I have to add to that. On the, on the plane ride home, Morgan and I got bumped up to first class because I had a stomach bug. <laughs> And I was puking the whole flight oh, yeah, home. It was yeah. pretty crazy because, yeah, you had just raced not like hours before. Because uh -huh. we, we went home on the same night. And then you get to the airport and you're just throwing up. Yeah, I was sick for a week. I don't know I don't know what happened. It might have been, I have no idea what it it's was. It's kind of crazy you were able to race so well considering you were... I, it might have been food poisoning based on that because I raced fine. Yeah, I When did you start feeling it, like right after the race or...? No, it was like like right when we were getting onto the plane. Yeah. I remember we were, we were going through security. I had to hold in a puke and then we got through and I went through oh, it. That was insane. That was I do. I remember that now that you mentioned it. I remember that. <laughs> I remember being in first class with Olin and just like being like, thanks Olin for getting us moved up to first class. But then he's just like throwing up next to me, just feeling super sick. And then also Zach Benning, our mulleted friend. Mulleted enthusiast. He was just flirting with the hostess the whole time and she was loving it. <laughs> she was really just absolutely it. loving it. So he also got moved up to first class. That's right. I remember I was sitting there. Yeah, you didn't get to. I didn't get moved up and I'm sitting there and I'm like, how the hell did these fuckers get up to first Man, class? Man, they look like they're having a lot of fun up yeah, there. Yeah, and then I'm looking over and Benning and Morgan just looking behind me, putting up the finger, and I'm like, oh, great. So, yeah, good trip. Hopefully you guys can recreate some of those memories. Yeah, that's the plan. I mean, it's going to be a really freaking good race. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's the same thing as then. You, like, you don't really have a plan. You can't plan for a relay. No. But you just get the baton and you run your ass off and uh, try to win, I guess. <laughs> So pure, so pure. So, yeah, anything else that we need to preview for a pen or talk about? I think the boys are ready to go. Well, we should, we should also give a mention that Old Miss have thrown out the gauntlet for getting that world record world best. They have. Wait, Mario. really? Yeah. Yeah, Mario, Mario tweeted, tweeted about, about, it. about it. Which, I don't know who's on their team. Mario is obviously extremely good. I thought good. you said they were only doing the DMR. Or maybe I they're only doing wrong. the 4 by mile Maybe they're only doing the 4 by mile Who knows? It was just on Twitter. I don't know, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, think, I think Ole Miss will have a really good team. The collegiate record, I believe, is 1603. Oregon. Weeding, Weeding has our own very own. Andrew, Andrew Weeding. Weeding. So going for 1603 would be pretty crazy as well. Yeah, I think one of the morals of this story of, because you obviously don't spend a lot of the year thinking about the four by mile, but in this week, we've, we've, past week, we've thought about it a lot. <laughs> it's just really hard to do. It's really hard to run fast. As Olin mentioned, you look at that 
Irish team that ran averaging 357, and they're all th almost 350 runners. So, yeah, that yeah. kind of tells you the story. So it gives it a good, good, good telling. But good yeah, telling. so we've talked about it a lot, and now we gotta walk the walk. Well, George and I don't. Ollie, it's all in all. <laughs> we get to watch I get it. all the walk. Hey, how many of those? World, I wonder how many of those world record holders will be here. Because Marcus O'Sullivan will definitely be here. Ray Flynn will be here. That's really I cool. Guess not the other. Maybe not. What? Eamon Coughlin. <laughs> What's Eamon Coughlin up to these days? No. What does he do? I'm not sure. Who's, and who's the fourth guy? Not sure. All right. Know. Two. Two of the world record holders. We'll definitely well, be Mick, watching. Well, Mick Burn is here, so he can... He can, he, he can sub in. Give me a placeholder for one of them. Honorary Irish. <laughs> yeah. Now, the Irish Mafia is alive and well here at Penn Relays. <laughs> the Irish Mafia will always be around. Yeah, that's a little thing for people that don't know. It's in the college scene. So, I Ireland's, like, they're having a bit of a resurgence now. But back in the 80s, they were crushing. Like, they were so good, in particular at the mile. It's kind of similar to Australia and New Zealand, because 70s, 80s, yeah, we were on top of the world. And then Ireland was there as well. So, a lot of good Irish runners came over to the collegiate system in the 80s. Obviously, I think there was, like, a lot of economic turmoil and stuff in Ireland around that time as well. Great potato famine, etc. And so a lot of them became, they came to the East Coast and they became coaches. So a lot of the East Coast schools have these really old Irish coaches and we refer to them as the Irish Mafia because the they, they just run shit. They just run the show, man. Yeah. You'll see if you go to meets and like a uh, conference or anything like that, you'll see them all congregate to the corner and they're all just talking in Irish and you can't understand a word they're saying. But like Mick will like walk up and he'll be doing his little strut and he'll go over and... Mick always likes to throw his weight around. He's like, what... It's me. I can get you into any heat I want to. I know everyone. <laughs> He's not wrong. He's not wrong. So, yeah, we love our Irish people here. We do. We do. There's some, there's some good stat about Ireland having if, if, more speculation in the club. If not the most, then very close to the most sub-four milers per capita. Oh, yeah. I, like, I would, I would it's think. It's like just above New Zealand. Because they, they both have like five million people population. Yeah. And New Zealand's got like 42 or 43. Miles, and Ireland has like over 50, I think. Like a tiny country. Pretty crazy. That is a really good competition between those two countries. Because, yeah. How many great does Australia history. have? Well, Australia is like five times that size, so I guess that makes it a lot harder. You'd, you'd have to have five times as many. Oh, I know, but I'm trying to think of how many we actually do have. I think a good amount. We probably have so, we, we, I think we have a lot of sub fours, but There's that'd be a good thing to look up. on this couch. <laughs> we have, we have at two. least two. Well, I mean, <laughs> at least, yeah. Not wrong. Four? Yeah, Australians yeah, that have right. broken four, so I don't know. That's a good place to start. Congratulations. Yeah. We'll have to look that up. We'll have to go down the history books, get yeah. some history buff on that. But, yeah, I think we can kind of transition into talking more about just Owen and Wisconsin. Oh, my time. Your time to shine. Prime time, Owen. Do you have any good Wisconsin memories, not to put you on the spot, of either Ollie or I <laughs> that you would like to talk about? All, all, all bad memories. All yeah. bad. Anything. Any memory that comes to your mind. Well, I mean, I feel like... Like, the first thing that comes to mind is I feel like when... After you graduated, um, my fifth year, Ollie's fourth year, um, cross-country, I feel like that was maybe the peak of your love of B-dubs. Oh. And, like, I feel like there was a couple times... Like, every, every day, every Friday... It was just like, okay, we just finished this workout. Come on, guys, we got to order B-dubs. <laughs> yeah, then one time we did it. This isn't really a very good story. It's the first thing I thought of. No, I think that's a good, that just... That I, sums up me in college pretty, pretty, pretty accurately. I think the thing with Ollie is, you know, people might think that he's putting on a persona when we no. joke about how much fast food he eats and how much soft drinks he consumes. 
but he's just not. And I think if you listen closely, you also will know that Ollie is certainly not stingy with his money. No, that's, Ollie is like uncomfortably generous. Uncomfortably like generous is a good. Ollie's way to put generous it. to the point with me where it's like, I. Because I, I just like, use owe him so much money. I owe him yeah, so much it's money. Just like, it's just like, stop. I feel like Joe would do that too, where he'd, he'd try to get you so you were owing him money. It's yeah. Joe Hardy, our other teammate, who was on the pod in episode what? Three or Three, something? Three, yeah, early oh, one. Yeah. But that was the thing. Like, I just enjoyed other people's happiness with, with certain things. But I always thought that other people's happiness would strain from me buying something that I think would make me happy, not necessarily what would make you happy. But, um,. Microphone went away. Um, but like B-dubs is one of those things where I would try like buy everyone B-dubs. And I remember <laughs> like, they would like and it. I remember like Morgan or Owen. Owen's like, I'm not going to eat fucking B-dubs. I'm going <laughs> to eat proper food because I have to like work out tomorrow or something. So B-dubs, B-dubs is, is literally just really expensive chicken nuggets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's premium chicken expensive. nuggets. And come on, man. Chicken nuggets what, are pretty good. Yet. What do you mean premium? Okay, you've <laughs> never eaten chicken nuggets in your life. You haven't even eaten McDonald's chicken nuggets. It's true. You heard it first, people. George needs to open up to the chicken nug community. Please spam him on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, you don't have Twitter. Spam him with letters. I don't know. Just get it into his head about getting into the chicken nugget community. You should do it. Yeah. We welcome you with open arms. It is crazy that George has never eaten a chicken nugget in his life. That's never. kind of unacceptable, especially unacceptable. if you live with Ollie. Uh, especially if you're on this couch. <laughs> oh, you don't remember how many, how many times Wait, has Owen, have you had chicken nuggets before? I don't think he has either. Yeah. Oh, you my God. No. <laughs> yeah, these guys are kind of similar. They are um, similar. The one thing I remember from Owen in college as well is like Owen is probably, like there's a lot of amazing cooks in my life. Owen is definitely number one, like one of the number ones. Well, my, my dad is number one. And that, okay, yeah. your dad is amazing. And then my mom Tim, as well. Tim and Carol, shout out Tim and Carol, my favorite uh, uh, parents. Wisconsin <laughs> parents. My mom and dad, <laughs> yeah, my all-time favorite. And then my American favorite parents. A Carol and Carol very, I think that your parents are some of my biggest yeah, fans. Yeah, I know. Like, your, we your dad to change always him. says good job when I race well. I appreciate that so yeah. much. Yeah. I'd heard a lot about, a lot about yeah. Tim, Tim Hackers. <laughs> Tim Hackers cooking is unbelievable. Come to I, Madison sometime. I'll have you ever for dinner. Well, I had, I had the honor of you cooking for I me. I did make you dinner, before, yeah. Before Christmas. And it was outstanding. Uh, unbelievable. So it was. like, I was very impressed. That's the one thing I remember from college is like Morgan's an amazing cook and Olin would just cook and I remember when... Morgan graduated, Owen would just cook up these feasts, this tomato pie that he used to make. Because he used to, uh, your yeah, mom used to grow tomatoes and your oh, dad. still does grow tomatoes. Still, still does grow tomatoes. And I was, I was obsessed with that pie. I was like, Owen, can you make that pie again? I was always, always hassling about it. But that was one of my fond memories from college with Owen and obviously training and living together for pretty much my entire college life was living yeah. with you and Morgan. So. Yeah, I have similarly fond memories of Owen and his family. For those who don't know, Owen's dad is Wisconsin legend Tim Hacker. Two instantly, no, one individual NCAA cross title, yeah. two, team titles two team titles in cross, and he also had the school 1500 meter record of 336, was it? Uh, or 37? 336. Back when nobody ran 336. Yeah, back when that was kind of a big deal. So he is a Wisconsin legend, and Owen is from Madison, went to UW. I always tell people this stat, and I don't know if it's true, but I tell people that out of the four schools you went to, so looking at, is it primary school, middle school, high school, mm -hmm. college, that three out of the four of them are on the same street? <laughs> um, I don't know if that's true. It's a pretty good two, two out of four. Two out of four. Because I count Wisconsin as being on the same street, though. Cause as, well, it's the same school as my, my three through five, okay. Randall. Okay. And that's like like two blocks down from the stadium. Yeah. The, where we're like, yeah, we're yeah where, where we lived our whole college. So it is crazy because, yeah, Owen's family home, his childhood home is just 
up the road. And yeah, it was so, one mile away from the house that we lived in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, he would, his parents would so kindly invite us over, you know, once every two weeks, once every three weeks for dinner on like a Sunday. And oh man, just having people like that in your life in college is just like the coolest thing ever. It was very nice, very welcoming. So wholesome, man. We'd go there for Thanksgivings, yeah. Thanksgivings, yeah, me. you guys over Thanksgiving yeah. was nice. Me, Joe, and Morgan, we go to Thanksgiving at the Hackers, and I tell you what, like that's how I remember Thanksgiving in America. <laughs> Just so good, so generous. Yeah. It made me like, I mean, we used to eat so much food. Remember we had the plate? We just, yeah, you'd see how much food you could put on your plate. Like Joe, Joe's plate would literally like almost cover, like be And then he'd just come back for more. Yeah. And then we just lay on the floor and pass out. That was yeah. pretty much it. Dude, that's how you should spend Thanksgiving. Oh, it was amazing. Sure. And yeah. then Tim would have the TV in the living room with the Packers playing and he'd be just cheering them. Oh, it was great. It was so wholesome. Yeah. I miss that. Hopefully we can uh, go back sometime, relive yeah, it. I think that's what I miss really is like, like, when we were living with you guys, I feel like Ollie would just, like, he's just one of those roommates. He's just always on the couch, ready to hang out, <laughs> playing video games. He's doing something loud. And then a lot of times Morgan is, he's maybe a little bit more removed, but, like, if you want a quieter setting, maybe I'd go up, <laughs> sit in Morgan's room, we'd draw a picture together. We did take <laughs> an art class. We did take an art class, class together. That was so fun. Yeah. That was such a good summary. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, like... And that's, that's, you've got little Morgan in his quiet little corner, Ollie downstairs making Ollie a screamed. ruckus. Ollie's screaming, Ollie's screaming at the and, TV. And then Ollie, anytime you, Ollie would be like, hey, you want me to make you a latte? Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, not going to say no to that. Yeah, so, it checks out. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of still how it is, honestly. That's I have, I have my is. little computer we nook changed, really, where know? I like to spend time. The only difference is when Ollie gets addicted to Elden Ring and then you don't see him for a long period of time. Yeah, yeah. it's a problem. Yeah. But I remember my girlfriend came over to hang out and she literally just watched me play Elden Ring for like an hour and a half. <laughs> and I felt super guilty about it. I was like, okay, we can watch like a reality TV show or something afterwards. Yeah. And I hated it. Yeah. And I want to play Elden Ring again, but I couldn't. I had to, I had to obviously... I mean, that was myself. my favorite, like over winter break when you just really sink into a game. There was one year that it was just me and you home yeah. over winter break and you just... I don't remember what you were playing, but you just—it was—it was like the Jedi game or something. Oh yeah, the Fallen Order Star game. Yeah, Jedi Fallen Order, great game. You just played it the whole time. The whole time, Fit, beat it. No, I think I beat it in like seven days. Well, and this is like an RPG game too. <laughs> you yeah. can just imagine that, and now he's always on winter break. So that's just how it is. That sounds amazing. That's how it is all the time now. Dude, being a pro <laughs> run is pretty fun. Not gonna lie, it's not too bad. But yeah, do we want to ask Owen any like real running questions? I actually, team? I wanted to know Owen, uh, what's your plan? Obviously, you're here in Penn with the team and gonna go crush and get some, hopefully, some more wheels to turn from a, a motorbike that we created to a car. If we get two more, we can make a car. We can make a car. Is that actually like what people talk? Is that, yeah, they that's call a it. Thing? They call it the bike. Oh, the bike. The bike and well, we car. Is there a unicycle? Yeah, I guess. You get one. I guess. You get one yeah. unicycle. Bike. Yeah. Bike. Do you get tricycle? Tricycle. tricycle. Car. car. And then what? It's a great question. So much. Does, does, does anyone ever won five? Must have. I bet. I'm sure there is a team out there. Um, just, but a just a tank or something. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on to that, Owen. What's your what's your plans leading up? Obviously, NCAA's outdoors going to be really exciting. I'm really excited for you. But um, are there any other races that are, people won't, should watch out for and look forward to seeing you compete in? Because at the moment, every race I watch you do seems like there's no competition. You're just like literally out there just killing it and. I'd love to see you uh, bump, bumping elbows with uh, some of the some of the best. Yeah, I mean, I guess coming up after, like, I think this weekend there will for sure be competition. Um, but then, yeah, after that is big tens, and I'm I'm hoping that me, Beatlescomb, and oh, Ben yeah. Veach are all in the 5K, and I hope we're all fresh in the 5K because 
Uh, yeah, I feel like, I mean, they're both six years. I'm a seventh year. Like, just get the old guys in there. <laughs> have us battle it out, it out, see what happens. Yeah. Like, we've all won a Big Ten title. Now it's time to to see who's got the guts for it. For another one. The final yeah, round. Yeah, the, the final round. And I think with that, it's like, with those two, they're so good. Like, there's no shame in losing to them. Yeah. I just want to race them. Yeah. See what happens. That's awesome. That's hashtag good for the sport right there. I think that would be cool. Um, yeah, then regionals. That goes well. Nationals. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I mean, I'm really excited. I just barely got under the U.S. standard, so I'll be able to run at U.S. Champs. Hell yeah. Um, That's awesome. Which is the standard 13.20 now? 20. Yep. That's and I ran 19.3. I was looking at the clock maybe a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, okay, I got to run a 60. Okay, I got to run another 60. <laughs> That's a tough way to do it. And yeah. I was really That's looking at it on it. the home stretch, and I thought I was fine. But, like, the clock really moves fast as you're coming through. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, I'm 18. I'm fine. And I was like, oh, that was close. Snuck up on me there. I snuck in there. I do want to ask you this question. I feel like this is a question that I would like to ask anyone who's as good as you are running in college right now. How does it feel to be a really good collegiate runner when everyone is just so crazy good? Like, because especially for you, because you think about it, I thought it was really good when I was there. And my redshirt freshman year, NCAAs, was an all-out race, and it was one in maybe just under 13.20, or maybe 13.20 is low. And that was Ed Cheserick, Sean McGordy, Pat Tiernan, like, going at it. And that was all out from the gun. Now it's 10 seconds quicker, at least. It's, at least 10 seconds it's quicker. Tough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this winter, I, in, at Indiana, I ran 7.45, like, mostly on my own. And when I ran that, I was, like, so pumped. I was, like, n- like... I'm into nationals, easy. You're looking at like I was like, top oh, three. this is like one of the best times ever. And then I think at the time it was like, it was like top 20 times ever run indoors. And then by the end of the season, I thought I was going to get bumped out of the top 16. <laughs> I was at big tens. I was like, I haven't lost a race this season, but my season's over because I'm getting bumped out of the top 16 because 745 is not fast enough. It's ridiculous. And like, so that was like a bit daunting then going into nationals. But yeah, then then all of a sudden you get into nationals and everybody's, you know, everybody's just a runner. Exactly. And it just you just comes race them racing. and like, you, yeah, we ran eight minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like the same people like, are okay. still winning. Yeah, exactly. You run, you're, everyone runs faster, but the same people are winning. And you came fifth or fourth? Fourth. Fourth. And if you watched, this was in the 3K. Yeah. If you watched it, Olin had a pretty big close. We think that if he had been a little further up, yeah. I, I kind of messed up. You, you, uh, you tried to do too much textbook, George, and you're too far back. You need to yeah, be a no, bit further I've, up. I've just been looking at the tape, and I'm like, okay, who's running well? George is running well. Let's try to model my race after him. And but. so I tried, I tried to be as far back with 200 to go as I could, and then I just didn't quite have the legs to make it around. But still, a big, I think a big confidence booster because then once you've come fourth, you're looking at top three slash winning. So and you I know think that you was the thing too. Like in that race, it was just like, I well, I wanted to win obviously, but I I don't think I really thought I could. And so, yeah, I think if I thought I could, I might have put myself up further up with 200 to go. And then this is the thing that I always tell people. I think it's just as easy to run in second place as it is to run in tenth place. You know, maybe easier. Actually, this is a question I have for you guys. Do you think, like, do you think if you go into a race, like being like I'm gonna win this race. You think you're gonna win it then? Yeah. Does that make you win? Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes and no. I think because there's some races where I I don't think about it and I win it and I'm like okay that went well and then there's some races where like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna win this I'm gonna win this and I don't win it. I so. think this is one of the things that makes Ollie 
as good as he is, apart from his supernatural really, physical really ability and the fact that me and Morgan aren't running and Ollie is, pretty much sums Beat up, it's chicken much nuggets. sums up our running, but his ability to go into any race and just think that he can compete with the guys that are winning. Like, I feel like that confidence to just get in a race and be like, I belong here. Like, I can compete with any of these guys. That's the best advice your dad told me. I remember when I went pro, because um, your dad went pro and, and did amazing things, and I thought it'd be great to hear from his aspects, like, what would you do differently? And he kind of told me, it's like, every race you go into, believe that you can win it. Believe that you can be a part of those top guys, regardless if they're, you know, the Olympic champ or or whatever. It's just really about putting yourself in the race because if you mentally check out, it's really putting yourself at a disadvantage. And that advice held me through that year to get to the Olympics. And I always, I haven't, I think I went, when I went back after the Olympics, I thanked Tim for the advice because like that really helped me. Um, well, I think you saw that in your race. Like every race, you were out right on the pacer and you didn't care about, like you weren't scared of anyone yeah. behind Even you. Even the Olympic final, always yeah, in that's second you. place after 400 meters. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was like, also not a good idea though, because I realized that I just didn't work went out, out way I mean, too much. Maybe it didn't work out that day, but you went into the Olympic final, yeah. and it, with one, one lap in, you're in second place. And yeah, you put yourself there. Oh, and yeah. I think that's been the biggest difference. Like, I've been going into races being like, I can win this, why not? But what I'm not sure about is if it's someone's like... Someone's got to win it. If it's that, yeah, someone's got to win. But not? if it's that attitude that's allowing me to win races, or I just got really fit, started winning races, and then I'm like, oh, I guess I can keep doing it. So it's I'm not a, really sure which came first. Yeah, classic chicken in the egg. <laughs> yeah. I will chicken say, boy Morgs, I will say though, from my experiences in regards to your question, I've had pretty direct comparisons when I have raced, say, regionals and nationals, where I approach these two races different mentally, and they feel so different to me. Because at regionals, I'm just thinking about qualifying. So I'm normally thinking about just hanging around the top five top eight or whatever like hanging in there and then just closing and those races feel really hard for me when i feel like i'm like fighting for position and i just feel like i'm expending all this energy and i'm not generally running that quick but then at nationals when i get into the headspace for winning a race i feel like you're so much more focused and you can just take so many more punches like i swear when i run a nationals race and i'm fully dialed in it doesn't matter what pace they're running because I know that I'm trying to win that race it just doesn't even it's not even like a question and this is how you see Ollie race all the time where you just you just take the pace doesn't affect you you don't feel it in the same way because you're just thinking about competing so I think when you have that headspace you put yourself up there and you get it done I think that's how that's how it feels like Abdi's been racing as well when you watch him he just goes and wins yeah <laughs> yeah he he's seems like he doesn't he's not bothered by anything because he knows that he's going to be up there at the front and he's going to at some point kick down obviously yeah you have to be extremely fit to pull that off but i think yeah. it is i think the mindset does matter a lot in terms of racing you could definitely see that in his mindset especially from watching him win a 5k in 1319 like mm -hmm. a clear championship record i think and then the next day a tactical 3k i don't think either one he knew that he was running fast i think, or slow. I think yeah just, either I, way, he saw that like, in the 3k fucking win this race yeah like he just put himself in the front and just was like, defend the straights. Beat me. Yeah. That's the thing. Because like, the other one <laughs> Mark Smith. Yeah, yeah Mark to Smith told Ab Abdi Hamad to defend the straights. Go to sleep and defend the straights. Yeah. Quote Mike Smith. <laughs> because the thing is, if you're in that mindset, if you really believe in yourself and you believe that you're better than everyone, then it doesn't matter what anyone else is running because you believe that you can do it plus more. You know.
unless you're racing Kip two and he's gonna go out in 157, <laughs> and he can't do that. You gotta reel him in a yeah. little bit. <laughs> but apart from that, yeah, I think if you really believe that you can match everyone else and do better, then it just doesn't matter. And I think it makes it a lot easier to race like that. So, yeah. All right. wow. It's a good question, though. I'm going to yeah, keep believing in myself, then. You have inspired me. I'm really... I mean, the way that you've been racing, if you haven't seen Olin, Olin has this big... At least recently, you have this big, like, final last five laps or whatever of a uh, 5K. I feel like you're able to, like, really just start dialing it down, and it is so impressive to see because not many people can do that. So, I feel like you have been racing like wind that. Up. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited to see you race for the rest of the year. So, I'm very excited, and uh, we should get our coffee club Listeners to tune in to watch Olin race because I think there's going to be some cool races coming up. I'm pretty happy that the coffee club, track club, has infiltrated the collegiate scene. Yeah. Mm. Have we, I guess, no, we haven't had any other collegiate runners on, have we? I, I don't think, think so. so. I think you're our first one. Really? Wow. Is this Is this legal? <laughs> am I going to get, <laughs> am I getting DQ'd? Just don't tell, him about, the, don't tell him about the 20K we gave you to. Uh, I, I, told, I actually told Mick food. that. <laughs> I told Mick that I was going to do this, and he's like, is, is that allowed? I, I don't think you can. And I was like, I'm just talking to them. <laughs> Mick, that's your job to know that, not mine. <laughs> but uh, I think everyone's le everything's legal now, isn't it? Yeah. I think there's no rules in the NCAA anymore. <laughs> no rules. It seems like the NIL, instead of just this like, big list of what you can and can't do, now it just seems like, ah, yeah, anything's yeah, fine. Yeah, you're fine. Just, we'll find a way to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. It just removed all the rules. Yeah. But is there any final questions that we have for Olin? Uh, just good luck, man. Yeah. I'm excited for you. Good yeah. luck to you too, sir. Yeah. I mean, I think that's it for today. I want to say thank you for Olin for coming on. Thank you very much again to the Pen Relays and on for bringing us here and letting us do this. I, I hope it turns out good. Yeah, yeah. yeah me too. I think it, if you can, if you definitely watch it on YouTube, it's a pretty cool site. Um, and yeah, it's pretty awesome to be here. Yeah, I hope that people can hear what's happening. I don't know if they'll be able to pick up, but this, this did just get really loud. The stadium is going freaking crazy right now. I think yeah, it's something's going on right now. Oh, so close finish. Okay, that's the pen relays. That's, that's pen relays. Right before four by mile world best world record attempt. World record. Go watch that. Yeah, but yeah, thanks for watching, everyone. That's episode thirty-two. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Thank you.